up, everyone? Welcome to episode 84, TorontoGameDose.com podcast. I'm your host, Steve, the main dude behind TorontoGameDose.com. Uh, and we actually have kind of a weird episode, because this is the first episode ever where Brett and Dan aren't on it, or one of one of Brett or Dan is not on the podcast. Instead, we have uh, Mohammed Hassan. Hello, hello. <laughs> uh, who? So how would you... You're, you're like a story guy, but how would you kind of like describe, I guess, your, your role and sort of... Uh, creating art, video games, what what have you? Okay, so yeah, the I guess yeah, it seems a bit out of the norm about I guess my background, but you know, this is Toronto game developer. So for me, I have a bachelor of science from University of Toronto, and right now I'm studying architectural technology at Humber. Now, my whole story aspect that came into play um, was actually taking a creative writing course at UFT, and that's where the whole love of storytelling began. And so from there on, I've been really trying to, you know, trying to really dive into how, um, what makes a good story. And I don't, I don't think we talk about it enough out in the open. And then translating that into video games, uh, I've always had a passion for, for video game consoles, particularly my first one was Nintendo 64. Uh, I remember once, I think, I remember my first one uh, was when I was at a Walmart. I think I was like six years old. And I remember seeing that giant box. I don't know if you've have you played the N sixty four, Steve? Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was uh my I was in it came out in ninety six, right? I was about yeah ten ten to fourteen, like during that time. So right. I was big yeah, on Gold so. Nine and stuff like that. But I wasn't the age <laughs> where I bought the game, so it was more so I asked it for Christmas sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. So the so the way is, is yeah. So I remember, I still remember vividly uh, buying that box, and that was just like a whole lot of endless fun. And I'm sure you know, like there are a lot of instant classics. Um, but then I noticed, as I you know, as you get older, your your tastes start to change, and then you also notice that the video game industry also is changing its direction. It's not what it once was, right? Twenty years ago, the standards for what it was and what what a video game meant. 20 years ago, it's not the same as it is today. Mm-hmm. I mean, today with technology, you start with, te- um, with technology, you start. Uh, people are looking for that cinematic experience. Um, even people who are like, what, 10 years old, like they want that cinematic experience. Like, gone are the days of the standard, uh, you know, Mario, uh, hop, you know, hopping up and down. Uh, they want more than that. So that's where I kind of wanted to fuse and, and shed some light to this whole. Um, concept or idea of saying all right well you know this is a video game industry storytelling may not be as open or as talked about an issue but i'm hoping yeah, with the little time we have we could probably explore some of that um and go from there for sure yeah i remember the, the one that's like uh the earliest kind of story that i remember being like captivating was actually before the 64 it was on ninja gaiden on the on uh, nes and it had like little, yeah. like maybe five, six, seven second kind of quote unquote cinematics in between each level. And it actually kind of like told a story of like how you're, I think you're basically trying to avenge your father's death. And I remember just being like so blown away by that because all the other games like Super Mario and all the stuff, the story was kind of just told in the manual or it was, or it just wasn't like an important part of the game at all. But Ninja Gaiden kind of, for me at least, started, started that and then... You know, I, I was big, we were talking about 64, like, I was big with GoldenEye, which was basically just off, yeah. of, off of a movie, right? Yeah. And they and they told um, the story, like, through their own kind of cinematics, but I think it was, 
like to me it was kind of Metal Gear Solid the first one on PlayStation that sort of like really I think drove an importance of story to 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 gamers cuz that that game just I think blew everyone away with like what it was doing with its storytelling and with its cinematics and everything way back in I, like when was that like 1998 1999 something like that yeah and I also I I also for me I'd argue that Ocarina of Time that was the I think the defining moment where everything just kind of was like, wow, you could do so much more with... Because I think, as well, it's more about bonding with characters that, you know, sometimes you grow up and you may like a character that's just, you know, like, if you want to go back to Super Mario for a second, like, where you're jumping up and down, it's like a regular plumber, but, you know, it's fun. But then there's another level of you bond with characters. I mean, if you look today with Uncharted, mm -hmm. as an example, right, Nathan Drake... You have the you have you know you have the full cinematic experience there. I mean, it's like a movie star. You could say like it's like a movie you play. It's like you're playing through a movie, but it's it's a different level of bonding. So, you know, what I mean, so I guess I agree. Like you know, Metal Gear Solid. That's another great example of. It's just that these days, a lot of times, you might find that storytelling isn't as high a priority as other areas right technicalities specifications but i think it all depends and that's what kind of was the conclusion of that little piece i shared was where um it's all about what you're looking for or mm. what's your definition of a video game right like if you're just going in there uh if you're just going to play a video game just saying okay you know what, i have like a couple hours to spare why not just you know go ahead and entertain myself you know everyone goes about it different ways but i don't think people really truly recognize how important it is that if you have a good script writer, if you have a good like storyteller, like it would just enhances everything. Yeah, I mean, you can even look. Um, you can even look at like kind of Destiny back, uh, the first one that launched three years ago or so. And and what was like, yeah. the biggest complaint everyone had with that game was the story. Everyone just like bashed it. They were just like, yeah, the game yeah. is fun and like the mechanics are cool, but like no, I didn't know what was going on. Like it was just basically Peter Dinklage just like telling you stuff important stuff is happening and that was a big focus of theirs for the expansions and for destiny 2 which i've been playing that just kind of like giving you more of a reason to kind of keep exploring and keep kind of playing the the game um the the story that they've kind of added into the, the expansion and the sequel like it just blows the original away um, yeah there you go yeah and, and i think uh i think yeah some games are definitely they they don't care about a story. I don't want to say don't care, but they, it's just like totally not an important. They just kind of throw it in. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Call, Call of Duty is a game that could really use a good story, like a, uh, a good story narrative because every game I play and I played all of them except for the most recent one, I, yeah. I couldn't tell you what, what's happened in any of them. It's just like a dude is trying to grab weapons of mass destruction or something and you have to go kill him. There's not like, I don't know what his motives are. Like I, I, I don't know who I am as a character. Like I think they're trying, but they're they're kind of falling apart. Um, I don't think a, a single Call of Duty story has really captivated anyone. Really, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess that all boils back to the fact that it's like what you, what you, what are your expectations going into it, right? And that actually, the the example you're saying about Destiny, where a lot of people, again, people notice things, right? Especially when things don't make sense. You know, it's funny. I'm gonna step outside the context of video games for a second, but um, have you seen the first Transformers movie? Uh, on TV and bits and parts. I'm not a big Transformers guy, so I yeah. haven't watched really yeah. any of them. But no, yeah. I remember, yeah. So you know, long like you know, back when 
I, I think it was, uh, there was like a rerun that was playing for, of Transformers, like the movie. Um, and I remember vividly when I was there, like when I was a when I was a teenager, looking back at it, I'm like, oh, this is the almost awesome thing I've ever seen. Robots <laughs> everywhere, and everything is great. But then when I look back at it, I'm like looking at the storyline. <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, like, it seems to me that a lot, there's like 20, like, in a, in a, what, in like a, what, almost a two hour film, that there's like 30 or so characters in there, it's hard to keep up with what, when the moment, like, when some things don't make sense, things just kind of seem to be put in there just for the sake of putting in there continuity, so mm -hmm. if you don't plan, if you don't plan things out from the beginning, and I'm sure that's probably what happened with Destiny, is that if they're not saying, okay, look, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to look at our game as an experience. And a big chunk of that experience is the story. And if we just kind of throw it, if we if we work on the mechanics first, then the story later, it ends up being, you know, you can tell. Like, it's not cohesive. But you know what's ironic is that that same formula can work if you have the right mindset. Because I remember watching an interview um, for Uncharted 2 where... They were talking about how you know sometimes people think that they blue sky story and Naughty Dog just blue sky stories their 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 games. Mm. They just sit back and say, hey, you know what? Uh, I think this would be great if Nathan Drake did this that. But it's actually the other way around. For they they work on the technicalities of the game. They're saying, okay, well, can we do what sort of set pieces? What would really make people go wow? Right, mm. and then they work on the story. After, they build. They work off the story after that. So, for example, the train sequence. I don't know if you played Uncharted two. Yeah, uh, that's that's my favorite one. I love that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So you remember those set pieces, like the train sequence. I think back in two thousand nine, everyone was like, "Whoa, I've never seen that before." And and then, but they, but it worked because everything was planned out carefully from the get go. And you know, I remember, and that it goes back to that quote, right? No amount of technology can save a bad story. Right. Um, yeah. the, the blog post, by the way, they mentioned, does a good game need a good story? Is uh, on TorontoGameDose.com, so you can check that out. Um, yeah. The the one thing that I wanted to kind of talk about it is there's Telltale games have kind of like brought like uh, all their games are always just about story. Like the gameplay for those games, whether it's Walking Dead or the Batman game or um, Borderlands or anything of that stuff are is pretty like standard. Like it's not even like really it's not really even difficult. Like the old sort of point and click adventures. Like it's it's you kind of know exactly what you have to do. Like there's very few places where you get stuck in those games, but it, it comes with like a lot of choices um, where you kind of are dictating like where the story is taking, what characters you're bringing along, who lives and dies, and stuff and stuff like that. Uh, okay. What do you, so what what do you prefer? Do you like the kind of Telltale games where you kind of get to have a little more control in it, or do you like maybe like an Uncharted where you kind of just sit back and and uh, and let the developer or the designer or whoever kind of take you along for the ride? Are you are you referring to something like you know how Heavy Rain does it, where you have those choices? Um, yeah, exactly. Where you, okay, like that. Uh, I don't know, man. This is this is it's. For me, I guess it's because I've been more exposed to the traditional, like, uncharted way. Like, just kind of go, like, like if the developers have already have a story. I think because a lot of times, even if you look at it in business, the customer doesn't know what they want until yeah. you give it to them. Yeah. Right? So sometimes too much choice is a problem. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some people like that freedom and they're saying, well, I really want to. 
Um, I want to be able to decide where my character, what my character's fate is. And yeah, for some people that could be satisfactory, but for some people they might look at it and say, well, the 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 but too much button mashing it it, it it loses the momentum of the story of itself, right? So for me personally, I feel like unless it's done well and integrated part, like The Last of Us, or you know, it's where you. You, you know, you're. It's like you're. It's like the developers are holding your hand, mm-hmm. um, taking you along the story without you knowing it. That's a real mark of a great story. I feel if they could look at, instead of saying, "Okay, well, do you want to go left or right?" Because already the the developers have already predetermined uh, where you're gonna go, or what's gonna happen afterwards. So, you, do you really have a choice? Right. And I think, and I think I know. I think you'll know what reference I'm talking to about. You know, when it comes, what was the biggest. Back in 2007, what was the biggest game on the Xbox that, uh, or 360, right? You know what? You know Bioshock. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, we're in, in yeah. the choice to kill or, or save the little sister. Yeah, yeah. Like what, what's it called? Would you kindly, right? That just, every, it's, you know, people are still talking about it today, right? Because it's hard to replicate. Like, do you really have a choice? It really questions your your free will, so to speak, right? And you can get philosophical about it, but. Uh, at the end of the day, I think if this, the the well-integrated, executed story that you be the hero, right, mm-hmm. and you walk through it, if you just ha- if you have too many, way too many options, uh, it's gonna be detracting from the from the story momentum. I feel. No, I agree, and actually, I remember I, I kind of forgot all about Bioshock. Would you kindly? But I remember, like, yeah, I. I uh, I played that game a little later than most. I played maybe like a year or so afterwards, but when I so I kind of knew about the Would You Kindly, um, yeah, just from talking online and stuff like that. But I but I I managed to just sit down and like play that game nonstop for like sixteen hours, and just like oh yeah, in, in like a Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning afternoon, <clears throat> and just blew through the whole thing and was like blown away by that game. Like it not only um, kind of like how that game told its story through the the, I forget what they're called, like the little like messages, the, not intercoms, but the kind of message boxes that you find, I forget what they're yeah. called, uh, but like the atmosphere of that game, like when you kind of can look in, when you enter like a room, and you can kind of like picture what has happened in that room, that that's like good level design to me, because it's like, th- there's a cracked like window here, and water like leaking through, obviously some shit has gone down, and there's like a table here that's sort of like neatly set up, like, Maybe someone was recently sitting here. Like it's when you walk into a room and you can kind of like picture what was happening, just maybe moments before. That uh, that's something yeah. that I always like really really like. Um, yeah. What uh, I guess like recently, like what's kind of like a favorite story game for you, or f- favorite game with the story? Or sorry, uh, favorite story in a game. <laughs> uh, I think the one that's really grabbed my attention was The Last of Us. It's not really recent, but uh, that's. Kind of because The Last of Us Two was like recently announced. I think it was. Yeah, but, no, no, um, yeah. The second one, but uh, even more than that, even outside of the storytelling, uh, have you seen the hype of Metroid Prime Four? Uh, yeah, like uh, all they've really shown is just a logo, though, right? Yeah, no, but the thing is, uh, I I wanted to to just mention because when when that logo was announced, right? How did you, you hear the reactions, the eruptions? It's like, it's like 
I don't know, they broke the sound barrier. I mean, when you see those people, they really just got super excited and stuff like that. So, I that right there, for me, like, if you want to talk about recent, I was just spellbound by how video games have such power. Mm-hmm. Right? And especially when it comes to the whole... Because the reason why everyone was, like, really going wild and, you know, screaming at the top of their lungs is because they really love those characters. They love Samus. Right, and so that's what I'm saying. Like bringing it back to the whole idea of, you know, if you can really tell a well-told story, like if you really sit down, think about designing character that is relatable, someone that you can, um, someone that you can, someone that you can. How? What am I gonna say here? Something that someone that you can think about even have long discussions i can't tell you how many times you go through the message boards and you find people with like pages and people can do phds and you know <laughs> doctorate thesis about people like you know of uh different characters i mean even majora's mask you know from zelda like back even then those moments just i don't know why i guess it's because i'm more caught up in the in the previous games, because I think the mentality is there, but nowadays, it's, I guess the main one I'm looking forward to most is Last of Us 2. That's that's something going to be a... Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of the, the Last of Us then, where the, the that game, that was like one of my favorite games the last like decade. Like, probably yeah. there's Orcane of Time number one, and Last of Us number two, <clears throat> and then the, like a bunch of other games there, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, <laughs> yeah. I loved Last of Us, and I'm about, to, I'm about to spoil the end. What I really loved about last of us was the only choice they ever kind of give you in that game that sort of it doesn't really matter in terms of what happens afterwards but it kind of matters in how you view the the ending overall is whether or not you kill the doctors at the very end yeah you go into the room you're trying to save uh ellie and and you know they're about to operate on her open up her brain killer and try to find to try to like you know um solve this disease that's like destroyed the planet and you like go in there with the guns and, and the, and the doctors have their hands up and and they're not like doing anything wrong. They're trying to save humanity, but there's always like a stark contrast of when I talk to people about that ending on whether or not they killed that doctor or the doctors where you can just like mow them down or you can just like leave them and, and just take Ellie and walk. And it doesn't change the ending in any way. It just, it just kind of changes like how you view that entire kind of ending experience. And that was something that I thought was like, so like well done and, and um, I, I like the Uncharted games. I'm not as big on them as like a lot of other people. I loved Uncharted two, but I was kind of meh on Uncharted three and four. Yeah. But uh, but Last of Us, like what they did with that game, like it, it's like a ten out of ten on every single spectrum. Like graphics, gameplay, you know, story, uh, the multiplayer, like everything put together in a package. Like the whole thing. I, I, I can't fanboy over that game enough and, and <laughs> what's always like stuck with me is like that sort of that ending when um when you basically just like decide about that doctor and then like you kill the I forget the, the Firefly girl's name at the end there, but yeah. and then you and then he lies to her, you know, he says like like she's knocked down and she's like, Oh, was what was what was there? And he's just like, Oh no, it was it was gone. And I really I'm really interested to see like what happens in number two if they kind of like revisit that or if she just like continues knowing, because they she gives like a little, or they give a little like hint that she kind of like doesn't believe him. She sort of like just sort of looks and looks down and looks sad. Um, and I'm really interested to see if they kind of leave that 
and and number two is like a completely different thing or if they actually like revisit it um because i think it's like a it, number two takes like a few years later like it's four or five years later after the first one yeah she looks older um that's for sure i think she's probably what 17 18 in the second one but uh yeah going back to the whole you know i think the, i think the other problem with a lot uh, or not problem the other the other thing that contributed to the last of us success is how it, it dealt with such a heavy theme uh, it's not it's not something light, right? Uh, the end of the uh, end of humanity, and you have uh, infected everywhere, and it's really dark and gloomy. But because I remember Neil Druckmann, I think he said, "Have a simple story, but complex characters." Mm -hmm. Right. So I think another a lot of people gravitate towards Joel and Ellie, especially Ellie, like. People love Ellie, um, mm -hmm. and you know the other characters as well, because it's it's not that whole right or wrong aspect of it. Like, would you do the same thing that Joel did? And a lot of people can see where they come from. I mean, you 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 can even hear comments of people saying, you know, I'm a father of, of you know, I have a kid myself. I can see where he's going through, and especially the traumatic experience in the beginning. You see the end. That's the best part, right? Where you say you're, it's that kind of hero, but not really a Superman. You know, hero, not someone that you can just say that they have a squeaky clean conscience. They mm -hmm. have these moral lines that they have to cross, and it makes you think. And you're like, okay, well, when you walk away from that game, you're saying to yourself, maybe the world isn't so black and white, right? It's a lot of shades of gray. And you're saying to yourself, well, you know, man, you, you go back to your regular work and you're saying, oh, I just saved the world, or maybe not. And I don't even know how I feel about it, but. Uh, that, that whole thing about the doctors, that, that last part you were mentioning, that, that really stuck with you, um, I think that's, a, that's probably a, I guess it's, it's, they, it's cut from the same cloth as the Bioshock experience, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're telling you, do you really have it? Developers know that you don't have a choice, whether you do it or not, whether you leave it alone or not, whether you, um, the ending's still the same. So at the end of the day, um, it's all, it's, you have a limited but the point is, they made you feel like you had a, a choice. Yeah. In a, in a way, right? It's yeah. brutal, but what can you do? <laughs> no, that's what that was one of the reasons why I love that game so much. I kind of I kind of have a soft spot for like zombie apocalypse sort <laughs> of story, like worlds. Um, but like Last of Us just hit like every single note, like ten out of ten. I was kind of I was like a little disappointed when they announced Uncharted Four. To be perfectly honest, because I was like, we already have like really? three Uncharted's and. And I'm way more interested. People were, like, saying, like, Last of Us is such a good contained story. Like, why would you want to kind of, like, know what's going on afterwards? And to me, it's, like, because it's such a good contained story, like, the character is so interesting that I want to, like, keep playing them. Like, we had sort of three, four games, technically, if you count the Vita game, four games of, uh, of Nathan Drake. Like, I wanted more uh, Joel and Ellie. Even if, like, Joel, uh, like, I guess, have you heard the kind of, like, one of the rumors about Last of Us Two is that Joel's actually dead in it, and that yeah, yeah and I she, heard that, and she's yeah. like kind of on a um, sort of vengeance rampage about it. Um, I don't well, know. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's yeah. really. I, I don't know about that, but um, that, I was like super stoked when Last of Us Two got announced. Like I was like, like that game. I can't wait. Like Last of Us One is probably probably one of the best games made in the last you know twenty years, um, fifteen years. Yeah, not to mention, like you said, they they sweeped all 
all kinds of award ceremonies and they just i mean how can you not like pay attention to that but i think but the thing that people usually you know even in hollywood right people are saying oh don't make a sequel because you'll ruin the experience of the first one right a lot of times you see that happen but uh i remember neil Druckmann again he reassured the the gamers you know the world and saying like you know we we care about these characters more than anyone else and so we'll make sure that we do them justice but about that rumor that joel's dead i don't know man like that's i'll just wait and see i don't because some people when they want to peek behind the curtain uh a lot you ruin the surprise no or you for ruin sure. the ex yeah you know what i mean so a lot of time people they can speculate everything and you never know, right? It's been almost a year since they announced it, so I'm sure plenty of things have changed. I'm sure that they are looking at it. But again, the the main focus is stories. Like their main, what I'm, it's not just gameplay. It's a, it's the story that gets people talking. It, no one's gonna say, "Wow, that was great." You know, the the mechanics of that game was just phenomenal, right? No one no one talks like that. Like, oh, the controller, the controls were just great. The way you punch, it's oh, it felt right. No, it's just, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. So people they're saying, look, Joel and Ellie, Joel and Ellie. You know, when Ellie did this, when Joel did that, you know. So it's it's all. But like with Mario again, if I I don't need to keep contrasting it with Mario, it's because um, Mario people don't talk about saying, yo, you know how how Peach was saved. Like we saved Peach and we got that cake, right? You know, no one. No one talks like that because they're focused on the gameplay. But Last of Us, again, goes back and says, all right, well, we're going to make a story and we're going to make the gameplay fit that story. We're not going to do it the other way around. We're not going to just make an awesome game and then shove the story in. No, we're going to think about the story and make the gameplay work so you're walking through it so that you'll have an experience unlike any other. You know? Yeah. So it's great. Awesome. Uh, any, uh, I know you kind of said you had uh, kind of a time limit here. Any sort of final thoughts on story? Do you want to maybe just plug your email and, and like what you can do and, and help out some of the kind of local developers that might be listening? Oh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was, at, you know, at Humber, I've, I promised a guy I'd give a quick shout out if it's all right. From, so Humber College, there's a guy, um, he has a team that's making a game called 100 Letters. And essentially it's about four friends who delivered a box containing a hundred letters from their friend who committed suicide right but through these letters the four of them learned secrets of their past and uncovered the real truth of their friend's test sending them on a journey filled with unbelievable secrets they're left behind right so i the, the reason i bring that up is because i was a part of that team in the beginning but due to commitment issues i had to you know fall back on it but i remember very distinctly the beginning the team lead he said uh we have to make these make the gamers connected with the characters like that was his preference and he really drilled that in from the big get-go <laughs> so the main so yeah so the main again if you this is local it's humber you know we're here um we, and again to all the other developers uh who are out there for toronto you know gta region canadian even right everyone um it's just from the beginning if you really want to make an experience that's worthwhile and something that will really get people talking, you know, invest in storytelling, like truly invest in the mechanics of storytelling. Good gameplay will only take you so far. Uh, you can spend hours, you know, mindlessly playing a game and it's great and it's fun and it's addicting. Um, but like you said, like with Call of Duty, you're going to have that effect of, I can't even remember what it was about. I don't even know what the characters are. I don't. Uh, the only reason for me is just more of a, you know, I'm sitting, at a I'm sitting at a dentist's office and, you know, I have nothing else to do. So I might as well just pop in, a, 
you know, a game. So again, storytelling is something that it's is is really, you know, it's it's there. It's integral. I'm sure if we talked about it more often, uh, that it would raise the standards of you know effective of uh, effective video games. And you know, mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing what the industry brings. And so again, if you want me to leave my email. It's Mohammed Maxwell, M-O-H-A-M-M-E-D-M-A-X-W-E-L, no spaces or anything, at gmail.com. And again, Steve, thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate uh, you know having this candid conversation about storytelling. Uh, I think that if we, I think if more people were aware of how important it is and what makes a good story well, um, good, uh, then I think we'll see a lot better, higher quality games and that's just going to increase more demand everyone's going to win at the end yeah for sure yeah and not a problem because you emailed me asking if any developers uh the, how this all started is like you emailed me asking if you knew any if i knew any developers that were looking for kind of story guys and i get i get a lot of those emails every every week really just people being like hey do you know any developers that need an audio guy do you know any developers that need a programmer whatever um but story that was like the first time someone has ever emailed me about like story specifically um, so I was like, you know, I don't get that demand. I don't get that email that much. But when I think about the games over the last 10 years, like what I remember most about the games I really loved, it's, it's like the story. Sometimes it's the gameplay, how it like all ties in, but it's really like, man, the last of us story was like so good. And, you know, Uncharted 2, like the set pieces that that game kind of did was like so cool. Like there's so many and sure enough, there was always for every one of those games, there's always like a, you know. A game like Call of Duty multiplayer I had some fond memories of and not that obviously has no story but I feel like most of the yeah. time it's like it's the story it's the characters that I'm remembering about these games like when I finish a game um, even like a game like uh, like Limbo or uh, Inside that doesn't have any sort of uh, the story is told all through like visuals it's it's kind of like what you remember at the end the, the gameplay of Limbo and Inside is pretty like basic it's like you just move to the right and just jump and do some platforming but the like what you talk about afterwards is just like how crazy inside gets at the end and, and stuff like that. So, uh, I appreciate it, man. We should, uh, you said you, you have like about 10 minutes left. Yeah, sure. I can hang out if you want. Yeah, let's do, more. let's just kind of do some quick fires on just some of the things that happen. Uh, we haven't, I haven't recorded a podcast in like a few weeks, so there's a few things. Um, so feel free to chip in on, on anything that you think looks cool. So number one, light fingers is announced for Nintendo switch. It's coming to 2018. So, this is from. Uh, are, are you filming with Gamma Space here in town? No, I'm, I'd say no. <laughs> is, uh, Gamma Space is like a collective group of gamers and, and stuff like that. Who um, I, I'm kind of butchering their, their what their purpose is and stuff. Like that, but, but basically, <laughs> okay. it's like a group. Yeah. It's like a group uh, of people who kind of there's a bunch of them there who are kind of making games or making other kind of interactive art and stuff like that. Um, so. This developer, like, uh, I'm always butcher the name, Numastic, N-U-M-I-Z-M-A-T-I-C. Uh, they announced Light Fingers, so it's coming to Switch next year. Uh, it was part of the Nindies showcase that happened a few weeks ago. Uh, it's kind of like a sort of a RPG card like game that has like um, what's called when the dungeons are always like different. Uh, I just here. I'll just read the thing. Uh, what do skulking thieves do after a night of 
Proking Shady Spoils, they, got, they gather at a favorite tavern and wager in a way on a friendly game of Lightfingers. Played on a magical clockwork scheme board, its turn-based multiplayer game has real-time action and devious opportunities for misdirection. All in pursuit of screen more loot than your opponents. After all, breaking rights for the most deft are the greatest steal of all. Um, I'm blanking on the, 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 the name of like when dungeons are just uh, random each time. Randomly generated dungeons, I guess. Um, okay, yeah, that sounds good. So you can check. So there's chat on the site and some screenshots and stuff like that. So that's now the Nintendo Switch has, I think, like four Toronto developed games on it. There's Graceful Explosion Machine, User Worlds, Use Your Words, sorry, uh, Severed. Three games, I guess. And this will be the fourth one. So. Oh, that's awesome! You know, Nintendo, good stuff. Yeah, and Toronto. <laughs> but yeah, like just based on that description that you provided, it it seems to me that they're going for the more gameplay focused. So if they're not going to go storyline, then this game, you know, although it's always preferable, I'd, I'd say it depends on your vision, right? Uh, that means that game has got to be almost flawless in terms of the gameplay. Like people would, you have to, you know, I, I guess I'm preaching to the choir here, but they know it. Like <laughs> you have to have a, you have to have a game that's fun and that's worthwhile. So, for sure, doesn't doesn't seem like storyline is. I don't know. I don't. I've never met them. Never seen it. So we'll do see you, how it goes. Though. Do you have a switch? No, I've been contemplating. I've been going back and forth, and I'm like, you know what? I've heard some good and bad, and I'm always like hesitant um, because you know you have like the Super Mario Odyssey. That's one thing. Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. I don't know. It's the voice acting. That's a, that's a story for another day. But uh, you know, the, <laughs> next the, time you're on, we can talk about Switch. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Switch. I haven't played it recently actually, but I uh, I always love. I just love the like portability of it. Like it's basically just like a, a like a legit gaming console that's portable. Um, I know. Yeah, that's the. I think the highest selling point is that that idea. Like you know, I think it's because the Wii U didn't live up to expectations, so they had to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, well, what's gonna really just you know, overshadow everything, and I think they nailed it in terms of the marketing, man. They just dominated the... Look at, just look at the YouTube views as an example, as a marker. Just look at that. Look at the people, how they're super excited, selling out consoles. Like, this is something new. So, in terms of the marketing, man, they're top-notch right now. But For sure. Um, for sure. Like, we'll I, was, I was just looking the other day, like, at what the kind of... Um, the sales of the Switch are, like, the, the console itself. Yeah. And I think it's, like, around 5 million... Let me just a uh, four point seven million as of June thirtieth. So it's safe to say that they're at five million now, probably more, and that's about yeah. half of what the Wii U was. Wii U was about twelve million or so. So they're gonna they might like eclipse this this the Wii U sales, um, yeah. in in the first year. Like Chris with Christmas coming up, like that's might, what I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> it might just do it before the end of the year. They had to get the units out there. Um, I guess people are still having trouble like finding one, but uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of just crazy how that thing's just kind of blown up. So, number two, uh, Maze from Finish Line Game launches uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. This was a uh, Steam release last year where you play as... Uh, I don't really know this game that well, and, and now that I'm happy it's coming to PlayStation 4 because now I can actually play it. Uh, but it's from <laughs> Finish Line Games, and it involves sentient corn. Um, so there is a trailer on the site, so you can check that out as well. Uh, another, another game that's out on Xbox One and PS4 uh, a couple weeks ago is Bleed. It's uh, kind of a Twitch uh, twin-stick shooter. You check that out. There's a trailer on the site. Uh, and Runbo is releasing on PlayStation 4 this year. So it was released on Wii U. We got some DLC. We got the Steam, then 3DS, then Xbox One version, and now PlayStation uh, 
not to be the only one out, we'll get it by the end of the year. So, um, oh, and then a new debris trailer as well, which you can check out. Uh, th that game comes out in October. So, uh, debris is an atmospheric single-player co-op adventure game set in beautiful, dangerous underwater underwater ice ca caves. You must find a way back to the surface, but power is uh, scarce. So your team is lost in an unusual creature's lurking in the darkness. So it's basically, okay, my, yeah, it's yeah, basically my worst nightmare of just being stuck under, like underwater, and like about to drown. So, oh man, yeah, but I was gonna say that that sounds intriguing. Like when you look at it description wise, uh, it's just now the question is, is how are they gonna incorporate the gameplay around that? Right, drowning that's a big, <laughs> that's a heavy thing. It's, but if they make it fun and cutesy, was that for Nintendo or something else? No, it's it's on uh, Steam. Um, and it's out in like a few. I think it's. I think on Steam they say it's going to be October, so it's in a few weeks. Okay, I played, I played a yeah. very early version of this game, like maybe a year and a half ago, and uh, okay. already then it was very atmospheric. Like I, I don't know um, if if it's like what the story will be, but in terms of like the, the not the vista because it's underwater, but like the underwater caverns and like what they create, like the world that they created, it's really really cool looking. Um, and okay, I think yeah. it, I think it is more of a a very more serious tone, like um, in terms of like what's going to what might happen to your character if you don't make it out, sort of thing. Is it like a three D or is it like a two D platform? Uh, it's like a first person uh, first person one. Oh, so, cool! So three D, oh, but in yeah. first person. Yeah. Ah, okay. Sounds intriguing, but I guess it's not for people who have a fear of water of drowning. No, <laughs> probably <Yeah>. not. <laughs> Uh, actually, so here's a description because I think I think it might actually be down your alley. Escape uh, together or die alone. Stranded at the bottom, injured and running out of time. Your only hope for survival is to reach the surface. But the journey through the depths is full of unexpected trials. You and your team will fight your way through hostile creatures in increasingly confusing and dangerous environments. But something else is going on. Things aren't right. They don't add up. And before you know it, the truth comes into question. As you fight your way to safety, you'll need to figure out what's behind this surreal world and your desperate situation. Knowing will make all the difference. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Sounds, uh, you know, again, the whole questioning and mysteriousness. It's just, I guess, the creatures and stuff like that. It's like, okay, what kind of creatures, uh, you know. There's, like, jellyfish and stuff in the, in the screenshot. But, like, actually, you know how games will, say, include and give you kind of, like, point by point, like, what, you know, 30 levels and all this stuff? The very, yeah. the very first thing in Debris is deep storylines dramatically impact by the choices you make. Hmm. Okay. So, so that's probably up your alley. So you can check out Debris. There is a trailer on the site. This is right. to you, Mohammed, and everyone else. But um, and any any, I guess we're kind of like on the peak. Uh, just as like quick shout outs, just like follow Toronto Game Does on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, all that stuff. Just Google Toronto Game Does and follow all that stuff. Uh, again, you can check out the story that Mohammed wrote called, uh, and I already closed it. Should have. <laughs> does a good game need a good story and again the, your email was uh, Mohammed Maxwell with one L at gmail right gmail.com correct yes and you want to like promote your website your twitter or anything like that or sure yeah why not so yeah you know me I got it to Mohammed so my twitter is at Mohammed Maxwell again with one L you know me and uh, yeah again what I particularly for your community here because uh, it's mostly focused on gaming you know, I, I'm more than happy to hear your thoughts and opinions on that piece of does a good game need a good story? I mean, I'm sure there will be 
people who agree, some people who disagree. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And I guess the easiest way to contact is just to leave a comment directly on the blog post, right? So um, by all means, I'm open to hearing your discussions. I'm always looking forward to seeing new points of view. Maybe you never know, right? You find something that, you know, hey, you might you might have a discussion. You're like saying, oh, wow, that really makes sense. Okay, that's why I like that game. But I never really articulated it, right? So I'm always looking forward to seeing what the community brings. But again, thanks, Steve. I think you're doing a great thing with encouraging at least the Toronto, the local GTA um, residents here. It's great to have that sort of, have that sort of um, hub, you know, to get people to excited and really you never know you can have the next greatest thing right here homegrown mm-hmm. thanks man i appreciate it. uh and yeah thanks for joining us and thanks for writing sorry sorry kind of for those who don't know like i think we kind of first spoke like about a month ago and we finally got all this put together and stuff so i'm glad that finally happened uh you should come back when when brett and dan aren't asleep or whatever <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, we, can, we can have another discussion on this all right, yeah, we'll wake them up. I don't know how, but we'll do that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right uh, and, yeah, make sure to follow everything Toronto Game does uh, and review his five stars and, and whatnot. And we'll be next week. Dan, actually, well, this was supposed to be his last episode. He says he might have to duck out for a bit, so it might go back to Brett and I. Um, but we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.